0: Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today, Monday, March 8th, 2020. I hadn't recorded a podcast in a little while, and just started, you know, check in with the, kind of the state of the affairs, what the progress being made, inching closer towards something maybe better. But the ever ongoing resistance against progress, the word resistance has kind of a double meaning in this day and age, uh, because there's these old kind of stalwarts in the federal government that just kind of, their focus is is very narrow, and it's protecting the interests of the wealthy Uh, it's just many in government, that's just what they do. Uh, You know, the tax bill they signed a few years ago predominantly benefited people in the upper affluent ends of the socioeconomic spectrum. Very little to any benefit to the people in the poorer ranks, the people that are struggling the most. Problem is, you know, millions of working class people just continue to vote for an organization that is primarily, first and foremost focused on benefiting the wealthy. And that organization does a variety of, you know, trickery to make people think that that organization is actually trying to represent them, uh, but it isn't, you know, it's a le- legislative agenda is very much about benefiting the wealthy, so we're, but we're seeing A slow shift. How much tangible benefit do working class people need before they start realizing that the other option they've been given, the Republican Party, is not really an option, you know? Um, It's going to take time for many of the Democratic policies to get enacted and also because the Democratic Party is just one organization and it's wide and varied, There's many people with... Within the Democratic ranks, who have Ds next to their name that aren't really Democrats. Joe Manchin is, you know, your, kind of your classic example. He caucuses with the Democrats, but he's really a Republican with a D next to his name. He lives in an area where, if you want to get elected, you've got to have a D next to your name. You know. But he voted against, you know, increasing the minimum wage and things like that. Uh, $15 an hour is not a minimum in many parts of the country. It, it's less than minimum. In some parts of the country, it, it would be a minimum, you know, a bare minimum. The federal minimum wage right now is $7.25 an hour, and the Republican Party is very insistent on keeping it that way. A substandard bare minimum living allowance In the entirety of the country, there is nowhere in the country where you can literally survive on $7.25 an hour. You can't. There is nowhere. it's, It's a substandard living wage. There is no justification for not adjusting that. There really isn't any. In fact, it should be adjusted every year at a minimum. It should be going up about 4% a year or kind of keeping up with the rate of inflation at a minimum. You know, $7.25 per hour is not sufficient. It doesn't even really matter what the work is. You know, you're a multi billion dollar company. The work that you do, the service you provide is easy. So what? You know, what's your point? You know you, you still need to treat your workers and employees with um, with respect you know the fact that the work is easier or anyone can do it is is frankly irrelevant or the age of the employees or how much education they have that's that's irrelevant they still need to be treated with respect they should if people are doing work for you you, you need to pay them you know and you need to pay them a wage so they could actually live near where the job is, and buy food, you know, and be able to get to work and home. That's kind of the basic thing, you know. Otherwise, you're not really treating them like an employee. Treating them more like property. So... But that is kind of the mindset of big, massive corporations. They get huge. And then we sort of justify corporations treating employees like dog shit because the work itself is, in our minds, easy. Or like everyone has to do it at some point or something. Or we'll come up with some sort of justification for not paying people what they're worth. McDonald's is a multi-billion dollar company. The fact that the work in each of its franchises is relatively easy and within a couple days you can master working the crew at McDonald's and, you know, will be a, you know, superstar McDonald's employee within a couple days. It doesn't take much to uh, get the gist of it. I worked there for a little over a year when I was 18, 19 years old after graduating high school. It's sort of like this weird rite of passage. <clears throat> no one's going to hire you for a decent job right out of high school, so you got to get a shit job. Entry-level job with a corporation. Will it advance your career in any way? No, probably not. Unless you want to work up your through the ranks with McDonald's. You know, but it's kind of like a... To me, that's almost like a dubious achievement, like so much time and energy, you know, being well underpaid for vast stretches of time. Because the reality is, you know, McDonald's is a multi-billion dollar company. It's a highly profitable company. Therefore, the people working, doing all the work for McDonald's should be getting paid well. They, They should be able to earn a comfortable living. No, they shouldn't be making six digits if all, if all you're doing is working in the crew. But nonetheless, you should be able to easily get by if you're working full time, you know. The Republican Party is just, they're against such things. That's just not what they're about. They, do, they don't want to build a nice steady foundation, a sturdy foundation that everyone can build up, up off of and build as high and as wide as they want, really, to a certain degree, but the foundation is strong you know everyone has access to the basics you know healthcare and education uh, you know a reasonable efficient way to get around you know a place to stay food to eat and a, and a kind of a, a basic living allowance all these things are basic if you want more beyond that you got to work for it you know and you, you'll get rewarded accordingly but the basics are would just be provided, you know, we would all get at least the basics. For some people, that would be enough, and they wouldn't need much more or want much more. They wouldn't want any more because they wouldn't need any more, you know. Many people, though, they would want more because they would feel like they need more, you know, or something, you know, so they would work full-time, even with a basic income, and even with free health care and free education and all that kind of stuff, they would still work. In fact, many people would probably become more efficient workers because they'd be working in something they actually want to do more. You know, because they would be able to go get an education if they want one, get a degree. And then if they have an interest in something else, they'll go get another degree maybe, you know. And graduate with zero debt. creates a lot of freedom, mobility, which, of course, is something the Republican Party is against. They don't want that. They want to keep things nice and steady. It's very much about maintaining the status quo and, if anything, even accentuating the status quo. So, in other words, there's a certain affluent class that has that was born into affluence. From, you know, they are the inheritors of the, the wealth that the... 19th century railroad tycoons and various and other steel and coal magnets from way 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 back when and Also the founders the of various big companies that still exist today The descendants of those peoples are quite affluent have massive amounts of money And they don't really have to do a whole lot to maintain it Not really much at all in fact, they don't really have to work a normal job you know, they just sort of live off of the interest of the ever accumulating interest and the dividend payouts from the companies they owned and such. It's not a bad gig for them because they have no gig. It's just money that they inherited. The Pelican Party is most focused on making sure that those people can work even less than they do now, which is none. Many of them don't do anything but get even more money, cash in in hand, you know. And if it means that they have to, Republicans have to, you know, cut Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, cut funding to public education, cut funding to the Environmental Protection Agency, et cetera, et cetera, so be it, you know. And that's what the Republican Party is about. And that's, that's what they do, you know. Um, and so so one of the main problems is because we only have two options, many people who vote Republican, as soon as they hear any criticism of the Republican party, they'll start talking shit about the Democrats as if that's specifically relevant. Um, there's not really any excuse to vote for the Republican party. Who you vote for instead is really a secondary matter. Uh, I'm not a proponent of the Democratic Party. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to enlist people to join the Democrats. It's, they leave a lot to be desired. It's the lesser of the two evils. That's it. You know, it's less bad. There are members in the Democratic Party that do support and vote for legislation that benefits regular people. There are also Democrats that don't do that. So it can be a little confusing. However, the Republican Party, though, as an organization, as a whole, its leadership does not concern itself with the way of life of the working class. It just does not care. And that's just the reality. The working class people who insist on voting for the Republican Party are lying to themselves when they continue to believe that Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, Marco Rubio, Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, you know, Donald Trump, when those people can insist on believing that those kinds of names are actually fighting for the interests of the working class, you know, it's embarrassing, I guess, or something. It's you, you feel sorry for these people. Because yeah, th- those list of names, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan, Gomer, um, they, those representatives and senators are not really concerning themselves with how to better the interests of the working class people. It's just, it's not what they concern themselves with, you know, they are about preserving their organization, and their organization is very much about protecting the interests of the wealthy. The problem for them in this modern time is that many, in fact, the majority of people have come to realize this fact, that the Republican Party is the organization that protects the interests of the wealthy. Many people had been lying to themselves for years and thinking that the Republican Party was you know, fiscal conservatism and small governments and Christian values and all that kind of stuff. All that, all those things were just rhetoric. They were just things that the representatives and the candidates said to convince people to vote for them. Once they were voted in, those Republicans cut taxes for the wealthy, they cut taxes for corporations, and then they cut regulations on, on corporations. And then they would also vote to cut funding to various social welfare programs like Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, and public education. So none of the things the Republicans did had any real benefit to the working class. And this has been seen time and time again, decade after decade after decade. It's just that's not what they do. You know, why even have government if it's trying to make your life more difficult for no good reason? It's not only that the Republican Party doesn't do things that benefit the working class, it's that they do things that have a negative impact on the working class. They put more stress and weight and burden on the working class. And yet, they're still able to stay in power. What is the Republican Party's true objections with the stimulus bill? How can... Fifteen hundred dollars possibly have any sort of positive effect on a person. It's such a paltry amount. That's what their real objection is. Yeah. Obviously, if you give fifteen hundred dollars to a regular, average day working class person, they're going to spend it. They're going to use it to pay various bills. They're not going to put it in a savings account. Many, some might, you know, but the vast majority of people making less than seventy-five grand a year, they get a fifteen hundred dollar direct deposit. They're going to use that money and probably in a few different places, you know, it's going to get spread out. So it's going to be a little economic burst. Yeah. So, and it kind of an injection of stimulus. It's a true stimulus, but it's so small, you know, each person just getting a fairly small amount, but they will spend it, you know, the the working class do drive the economy. Republicans like to think that it's the wealthy, but no, it's it's the working class. It's the people doing all the work. You know, we really are the ones that kind of drive the economy and make it go. There is no economy without the working class. The Republican Party sort of kind of understands this, which is why they were like, everybody needs to get back to work when there was a pandemic going and, you know, thousands of people were dying a day. Because the value of their estates that they're trying to protect, are very much contingent on, you know, those businesses staying open and those businesses staying open and continuing to operate at a certain level requires people to be working at those businesses, you know, and without the workers working, those businesses' values start decreasing pretty quickly because they're not producing products or providing various services and such. Will this make those companies treat their employees better and appreciate the value that those employees provide? Probably not. That's just not how corporations operate. So, a vote for the Republican Party is very much a protecting the interests of the wealthy and protecting the interests of big, massive corporations. It, it, it will not benefit working class people to continue to vote for the Republican Party. If your main concerns in life when you vote for politicians is, I want the government to be small, fiscally conservative... And adhere to certain Christian values or certain if you're not Christian, maybe ethical or moral principles. Okay. Those are great reasons to vote for on why you vote for certain politicians. If those are the reasons that you vote, you shouldn't be voting Republican, because they're not fiscally conservative, they're certainly not small government, and they're certainly not Christian values. They nominated Donald Trump twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the famous Antichrist guy. Yeah, the the guy that was like a proponent of the seven deadly sins and and boastfully so. You, you know, he was kind of yeah, <laughs> a famous con man. The, the Republican Party nominated him twice. Donald Trump, an antichrist, a guy who lived his entire life promoting the antithesis, the complete antithesis to the teachings of Jesus. So, no, the Republican party does not represent Christian values. No, that they, they, they endorsed the guy who, who had a policy of child abuse for people that were trespassing. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Christians are supposed to be the ones that it's, you know, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So yeah, a a policy where you were caught trespassing, so we're going to throw you in a cage, even if you're a child, is not very Christian-like at all. Uh, It's the complete opposite, the antithesis, you know. Um, But again, all that was public knowledge. There, there, There was no virtue in Trump. There was no how anyone would think who goes to church on any sort of regular basis or has any sort of A basic understanding of the teachings of Jesus, why anyone of those kinds of people would think that Donald Trump was a virtuous, honorable man, is confusing. uh, Because that's not what he was. But that's the reason he was nominated twice, though, is because the Republican Party is not about Christian values. They know that millions of people think that they are. They think that the Republican Party is the only option if you're a good Christian, but it isn't. And in fact, it's not really an option. It shouldn't be, because what they're first and foremost about is cutting taxes for the wealthy and cutting taxes for corporations, which benefits, yeah, the wealthy and the corporations owned by the wealthy. Yeah, the Republican Party votes to cut programs that help feed the hungry. Yes, The Republican Party votes to cut programs that help cure the sick. Yeah, they vote to cut funding to those types of initiatives and programs. Yeah, that's not very Christian-like. So, and then the other two big ones, small government. Oh, no, no, the Republican Party is not small government. No, no, no. A big old government kind of telling you how to live your life, what kind of plants you can grow, who you can marry and stuff, and all kinds of weird things. They're kind of meddling in all kinds of personal affairs that are really just none of their business, you know. The federal government telling people what types of medical procedures they can get. It, no, you need to stay out of that. That's that's not that ain't your business, government man, you know fuck off. <laughs> don't tread on me. Um, it's very funny that people who say that thing a lot, don't tread on me, then vote Republican. Like what? <laughs> what are you doing? They, n- n- no, they're, they're the ones that supported the Patriot Act, which was, which allows the federal government to spy on its citizens. So no, that's not, that's not small government. Now, could you have a small government that's progressive? Well, of course, yes. Yes I'm a small government fiscal conservative, progressive yeah, and also do do think you know, i I do align with Christian teachings, yes, but uh I don't really think the government should be necessarily Christian values, but those so that's those sort of ideas do unto others as you have do unto you those that kind of messages permeates other religions as well empathy, you know, a government of empathy, but small government progressive yes, of course it, yeah. Because you're you're small in focus. You're focusing on the basics. That's what government should be focused on. A basic. Small in that way. It has a basic focus. Do the people have access to health care? Okay, that, that's a big one. How do we do that? Well, what you do is you fund hospitals and healthcare clinics and you make sure that they are appropriately funded and staffed, etc. etc. So that when people in the area get sick. They go to that hospital and they get healed and get better and they be on the way. And that's it. And that's how you do it. No, it's not universal health insurance or some weird cumbersome thing. No. It's appropriately funding hospitals and healthcare clinics so that people can go get health treatment when they need it. And that's it. How do you fund public education? You just fund public education. Yes. And then when people want to go, they apply to the school they want to go to. That's a publicly funded school. If accepted, then they start going. Yeah. What do people do with all that knowledge? Whatever they want. Yeah. Doesn't mean there's more small businesses in the future. Well, of course. Yeah. Yep. So... You, you, you focus the priorities, basically. Yes, it's still government that's spending money. There's still money being. There's still taxes collected. Yes, of course. There's we're not doing a zero taxing, but it's not socialism either because you could. It's still a socio-capitalistic society. So you can still earn as much as you want, but the basics would be covered. You can get as much education as you want. If you get sick, you go to the hospital, get healed, and get better. If you want to get around, you can get around nice and easily and efficiently, especially if you're in a city. It's a nice, efficient means of travel. Yes. And you get a basic income, too. So maybe if the job you like isn't that great, you got a, a smidge of a cushion to transition to another job easily and efficiently. So you have a little bit more independence as a working-class person. Beside the job market's... The career that you kind of picked based off your education is not really what you want to do. And you want to switch careers Well, you can just go back to school and get another degree. Yeah. The value of the working class person goes up. The total size of the economy, the total size of GDP, does it go up? I don't know. Who gives a fuck? What, what difference does it make if the GDP goes up or down? It doesn't mean anything. It's just the total aggregate size. What is the quality of life for the average American person? How easily can they access health care? How easily can they access a nutritional diet? How easily can they access R&R, rest and relaxation, you know, and be able to do fun things? How easily can they access, you know, a good quality education? You know, how easily can they get by and survive in this country? How easily can they do that while working full time? And maybe, do they have to work full-time? You know, are there other options? And still make, you know, a basic kind of decent little living. Why not? You know? We could certainly get there. Uh, And it doesn't necessarily mean, like, you know, crazy out of the, you know, just insane tax increases on everybody. No. No. Why do you need to do that? We, we don't need to spend one and a half trillion dollars on a on a military fighter jet. That's dumb. But, you know, we don't really need to be doing that. We don't really need to be spending trillions of dollars on imperialism. That's, you know, invading other countries to try to capture their resources or meddling in other countries' governments. and Mostly because of resources. That's usually one of the main reasons we invade other places. But we have a big, massive army that's very much on built on destruction uh the reality is the united states military has a wide variety of skill sets beyond destruction and so we can certainly use the other skill sets they have to achieve some kind of more positive holistic uh balance besides just destroying stuff you know they have other capabilities um you know military is logistic experts how do you get things from point A to point B and things like that? How do you get aid to place with certain uh, dangerous variables in the area and such? You know, there, there's a lot of things that they can do. The military beyond just blowing shit up, uh, but that's they can get real big on that. Especially the people that are high up in the military, they can be real proponents of that kind of thing. The blowing shit up and kind of uh, lose sight of the other capabilities that the United States military has beyond blowing shit up and causing destruction. So uh, the, the destruction costs in more ways than one, beyond just money, obviously. So cutting the funding and in, in, you know, in, in, in better allocating of funds that do go to the military for defense, more efficient spending, you know, fiscal conservatism, bringing in enough money in taxes and various taxes, appropriate taxation, especially, uh, you know, closing off certain tax loopholes, a huge tax loopholes, the idea that people making over $10 million don't have an increase in their tax rate. You know, once they, you know, uh, are above an, an insane amount, you know, you're earning above 10 million in a year. Yeah. You need to have an increase in your tax rate. Yeah. Cause you're having a net income. In one year, they would be able to secure an upper middle class lifestyle for the rest of your life without ever working another day ever. And that's one year of earnings net after tax. So you've already done that, you know. So um, where the, the tax rates need to increase is obviously among the top 2 to 5% of the socioeconomic ladder as well as big massive corporations. And there needs to be a closing of tax loopholes. If you're a corporation of a certain size, you, you need to be paying taxes. There, there should be really virtually no way for companies of a certain size to avoid paying some kind of tax bill. That There should be a way where it's virtually impossible. If it means that certain big, massive companies come to a situation where they can't pay their tax bill, but yet they were still paying millions of dollars to executive bonuses and stuff, that will not allow them to... Avoid the tax bill. It'll still need to be paid if that company needs to downsize. So be it. It's just a company. You know, some companies get too big. Uh, Amazon is way, way too big to not be paying taxes. That's ridiculous. Um, Something's off in the accounting there, you know. Uh, There's no reason for a company that is that massive, that is, uh, you know, Generating massive amounts of wealth for a small group of individuals, uh, not really paying its employees all that great. Um, to to not be paying taxes, that they need to be paying taxes. They're, they're, you know, there's a lot of overhead with having a company like that that they don't really pay for, and it's just they just sort of pass the buck onto the society. Those expenses have to be paid for. It'd be a little bit easier if they were just taxed directly. So they're basically paying for those expenses directly, you know, um, and that's really what it comes down to with a lot of these marginal taxes and stuff, the working class need to make enough to live, you know, and it should still be a merit-based system where people can earn as much as they want. Uh, marginal taxes, state taxes, and wealth taxes are not a punishment on success. After you pay those taxes, if you're the one of the lucky few to have to pay them, you're still wealthy Yeah, you don't become poor just because you have to pay a wealth tax. So you'll be fine. But then money generated can help fund public education, a proper healthcare system where you fund hospitals and healthcare clinics directly so that those places can properly take care of patients that need medical assistance. And there is no concern over how much money the person has. That's irrelevant. If a person is sick, they need to be healed. And then that's it. You know, you can easily do those sort of things where you fund hospitals and healthcare clinics directly, you fund public education directly. You just fund those things and then people can access those things when they want them or need them. And that's it. You know, very easy. Does it create more upward mobility among the working class? Well, of course. Does it create more small business opportunity? Well, of course. Yes. Will some big, massive corporations downsize, become less relevant? Possibly. Will it create more unique communities where they aren't completely, uh, you know, beholden to big, massive corporations? Sure. Yeah. You can have a diverse economy in even smaller communities where there is no or little to any corporate footprint. Why not? Sure. Yeah. We don't have to have big massive corporations that that's not like the only way to do it. Uh, but they, they like to try to present it that way. And it's always presented like if these big massive entities too big to fail, no, they're not too big to fail. (laughs) It'll cause some heartache for some folks. If some of these big massive entities just suddenly went bankrupt, but they have value. Other entities will buy up the value at a discounted rate. that's just how it goes. That's what, that's just business. So hopefully our country can start thinking, uh, the long game, uh, get over our infatuation with the Republican party and just start voting for candidates based off of their specific, really just start voting more for each individual specific candidate. What does that specific candidate stand for? Because Just because a person has a D next to their name doesn't necessarily mean they're for the working class. You know, they might just be putting that D next to their name to make you think that they are. So it's, again, not like the pro-Democratic Party. Just people got to stop voting Republican. We got to start getting more options. Third and fourth party. We just got to get better people running, you know, that actually care about the interests of the working class and probably uh, explaining it better. You know, and also people that don't want to make a career out of being a politician. Uh, There should be term limits. Two is plenty. Maybe three at the most, but for like representatives and senators. But yeah, there needs to be a kind of a relay race kind of feel to representation. There should be term limits. Mitch McConnell's been a senator from Kentucky since I was in elementary school. I'm 41 years old. That's too damn long for someone to be representing a place. And I love Bernie Sanders, so you, you, that would include him too. But it would mean, you know, there's a term limit for the number of consecutive terms you can serve. So you serve your two terms. Someone else takes over the reins. if you want to give another go at it after take, taking a break, sure. But that's how it more it should be. There should be consecutive term limits of two, maybe three. So that there's a bit of a rotation. You know, you're you're required to, you know, get other people. Every state has a lot of people. There's other people that can represent the state of Kentucky besides Mitch McConnell. He's not the only fucking guy living in Kentucky that can represent Kentucky on the U.S. Senate floor. There's bound to be at least one other person who has a little bit more virtue than Mitch McConnell. Because, you know, he kind of leaves a lot to be desired. And, you know, same with Texas and Ted Cruz, South Carolina and Lindsey Graham, you know, there's bound to be at least one person. But I, I I, would go so far to say there's probably thousands of people that are more qualified than those three names in those respective states, you know. The, the, those are not those states' best. So, you know, the respective states got to start getting more of their best people, you know, and um, stop letting these just sort of schmucks just kind of hang out where they just kind of use their power to benefit themselves and other wealthy people like them and they don't really do anything good and they just get to kind of hold on to power anyway. It's a public office. Their job is should be to serve the public. So if they're not going to willing to do that, they shouldn't be able to hold on to the post anymore. People got to start voting them out. So... Hopeful that uh, we'll continue to transition away from Trumpism and all that bull crap. And start, you know, improving towards a more holistic society that actually, you know, understands our relationship with this planet and uh, the importance of the working class and such, too. The importance of a united country. And, uh, you know, such embracing more progressive ideas. So stay safe out there. God bless. This is Gary, thinking out loud.